Shameless Media. No matter who you are, where you live, what you do for work, how rich or broke you might be, you're carrying around a secret. We all are. And this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm your host and ultimate secret sharer. Producer Justine Landis-Hanley, hello. Hello, Annabelle. Justine, we are quickly jumping in today before we welcome my co-host for today's episode to give the listeners an update from last week's Secret Keeper, Rose. Yes, so... I received a lovely email from Rose after the episode came out, giving us an update on her situation. We love updates. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure if you listen to this show, I know I want updates on how things are going. So the email reads, hi, Justine. I thought I'd give you a quick update on the whole situation just in case you were interested. A bit over a week ago, it seems the decision was made for me. A now ex-girlfriend of one of James's close friends who knew about the whole situation told Hayley about me. Out of the blue, Haley reached out to me on Facebook and asked to call me because she had a few questions. I said yes and safely assumed what it was regarding. Before she called me, James called me and begged me to lie. Oh my God, I hate this guy. (laughs) (laughs) You best believe he was pulling the cancer card out left, right and centre to try and garner sympathy or something. I told him I wouldn't lie and that she deserved the truth. Haley then called me and asked me about the situation where I then came clean. She was literally so lovely and sweet and understanding over the phone and never once in the slightest blamed me. I told her if she ever needed anything at all to let me know and I'd be happy to help. She ended things with him and I guess we're Facebook friends now. Anyways, love the app and it was super interesting to hear your thoughts. Kind regards, Rose. Oh, this was the ending. I didn't know it was going to happen. Yep. But it's what we wanted, it's, wasn't it? It's just like a nice, neat ending. Like the truth is out there. Both Rose and Haley seem happy. That was what you said mattered in the episode. Yes, the perfect tie to a very complicated secret. Yes. Justine, it is time to properly get into today's episode. Today we're hearing a new secret. We're hearing from a new co-host. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. Today in the co-host chair is Louis Hansen. I'm back. You're back for season two and we are so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Hi, Annabelle. Hi, Justine. Hello. Hello. So, Louis, we've mixed things up a little bit. So to kick us off today, let's play a game we like to call interrogation. We actually asked you to come into the studio today with a story, a wild story that could be true or completely made up. Now, it is up to me to decide whether I think it is true or false through questioning and, well, interrogation. Are you ready to tell your story? I'm ready. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee first. Go for it. You need that energy. Get into the zone. Also, you, I feel like, would be good at acting, so no pressure. (laughs) Not confirm nor deny. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you about the time that I cosplayed as a straight person to get on Sophie Monk's season of The Bachelorette. Oh, that seems specific. That seems <laughs> okay. very specific. Yes. Uh-huh. So it was like end of 2016, start of 2017. 
And I got a random DM message from a casting producer, as they do. Just like a bit of a slide in being like, hey, like random questions. Sorry for the slide in. But would you be interested to go on a dating show? And very early on, I kind of clocked that it was like batchy vibes. It was like coming into batchy season where you'd expect people to be casted. And my first thought was, have you seen my profile? (laughs) Have you combed my profile that hard? Because I feel like my grid doesn't really shy away from hello, LGBTQIA plus community. (laughs) Do a bit of research. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) But still, I was like, you know what? Let's see how long I can go down this process without them kind of second guessing my sexual orientation. So I filled out this like hour long questionnaire. Following that, I then got like a one-on-one Skype with them. Yeah. And And it was just one. How many people were interviewing you? There were two in the room. The one who had like DM'd me and then another producer. And I really channeled my like non-existent straight man energy. Mm. They were literally like, what are your hobbies? And I was like, fishing. (laughs) I literally was just like, what does straight man say? Fishing. Fishing. Footy. That that kind of stuff. Mute. So it was like a 45 minute like (laughs) Zoom call. And even then I was like, oh, I don't know. Have I gotten away with it? And then I get a message from them like a week later saying, you've made it to the next round. Can you like come into the studios for like on a, another round of auditioning? And from there, honestly, I just, I shat myself. I freaked out. And I said, <laughs> you ghosted. I can't do this. I ghosted. <laughs> you did the ultimate straight man thing is to ghost. To ghost. <laughs> I, I, I literally ghosted because I was just like, I feel like this started off as a bit of a joke, but now it's gone a bit too far. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At the time, obviously, I didn't know it was Sophie Monk's season, but once it came out that she was The Bachelorette, I was kicking myself because, like, young me, back in the day, listening to Bardo, Poison. Yeah. Sophie Monk has been an idol. She's an icon. Inside, outside. is a bop. So I really regret not cosplaying to my fullest extent and getting onto the show just to meet Sophie Monk. Yeah. But it got to a point where the whole thing was inducing stress for you and I I respect the ghost. I said, I can't live a lie anymore. I can't. (laughs) I just thought it was fun because honestly, when stuff like that happens, I'm like, well, let's do it for the content because it's going to be a story down the line. I'm going to whip it out on a podcast, you know, some five years later. (laughs) So I feel like this back and forth has led me to believe that you are telling the truth. You seem emotionally invested in this story, but I'm going to do some probing anyway, because Great. I would like to know deets. Probe. What other questions did they ask you? <laughs> like, did they ask you about past relationships or? Yes. Yep. The whole shebang. It was, most of it was about love and relationships. Mm-hmm. It was about how many exes have you had? Why did your last relationship end? How are you under pressure? What are your love languages? It was, yeah, very much about how I react in like emotional dating environments And so I tried to obviously ham it up a little bit because, you know, they're not going to put you on to a show like The Bachelorette if you don't have a little bit of chaos about you. Yeah. So I also just kind of fabricated like, oh, yeah, like I hate all my exes and (laughs) ended in flames. I'm so toxic. Yeah, but also also like, yeah, look, I'm I'm toxic. I've got a question because even though I know the whole point of this segment is for me to be like, oh, is this true or false? Again, I feel like this is true. What kind of character do you think – producers would portray you as on a dating show? Do you think they'd make you a villain, the boring like background character who doesn't really get much airtime or the one that wins? <gasps> mm, as me? Like, as you, as, as true me. Louis. As true me. Who's trying to win over Sophie Monk's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I would love to go onto the show and be that just like likable, relatable one. Mm. 
only for it to turn out that I've gotten the villain edit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Justine, what about you? Oh, I feel like I would love to be the villain. I think I'd be like straight up Bambi. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like who gets the bloop, bloop, bloop music? <laughs> Last like five episodes, everyone's like mildly sad. That's me. Yeah. I reckon I'd get like the, the background. Yeah. yeah, that or the background character for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd be the winner. No, yeah, I, I think you'd be the winner. Yeah. I'd happily be the background character. I think the winner, too much pressure. Again, I would crumble under the pressure. I feel like the dream one is the villain for the first season, come back second season, redemption arc. Yes. Like, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, my task for this segment was to determine whether the story is true or false. I'm going true. Louis, true or false? False. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel a little bit cheated. You sold that. This is why I would be a fucking shit detective. I just believe, literally we did test runs of this game, right? With other people in the office. And every time I'm like, I think you're telling the truth. And they're like, I lied. And I am like, I feel like I've been stabbed in the heart. I know. And I feel really upset now because I don't want the trust in our relationship to be diminished. Honestly, Louis, it's diminished a little bit. I feel duped and betrayed. You need to to make it up to me. I was in the shower today thinking, what is an, an elaborate lie? And I don't know why, but I just thought cosplaying straight person to get on Sophie Monk's season of The Bachelorette. It's so it's very elaborate. <laughs> so elaborate, so niche. Actually, I've done a 180. I respect you for that. I respect <laughs> you. I am sufficiently warmed for this big secret <laughs> reveal. Are we ready to get down to business? Yes. As you know, every episode, we open a letter from one of the listeners containing one of their deepest, darkest secrets. As always, producer Justine will read it out for everybody listening. Take it away, Justine. Okay. I'm so scared. <laughs> Louis, here's your secret. Annabelle, here's your secret. I'll give you a moment to open them. Thank you, Justine. This secret is from listener Charlotte. A few months ago, my dad suddenly passed away. I hadn't seen him in a long time because of the border closures and he died just a few days before I was booked to travel home. Growing up, I thought he was the best dad in the world. He was so supportive and always told me he loved me. I loved going home and seeing him and just watching a movie on the couch with him. Since his death was unexpected, my siblings and I got to work planning the funeral, sorting through my father's affairs and looking after our mum. Two days before the funeral, my brother was going through dad's computer when he discovered that dad had a secret boyfriend who was significantly younger than him. Dad had been financially supporting this guy. He owned a house with him. He was paying him $3,000 a month. He even paid for this guy's mum to get a boob job. Oh. We also found emails that showed our dad was having sex with a lot of male sex workers. But what really stung was that he'd also led our mum to believe that they were financially secure. In reality, he had left her about a million dollars of debt. A million. That's many dollars. That's a lot of (laughs) dollars. That's several dollars. He had three mortgages on our family home. He'd stolen my mum's superannuation He'd created fake businesses and multiple bank accounts and taken out hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans. Dad had been living a double life and cheating on our mum in all these ways, emotionally, physically, financially. We even discovered that my dad had been secretly wearing a hairpiece for years. To be honest, I wasn't entirely surprised to discover that he was gay. Like, When I was a kid, he took me to Las Vegas to see Barbara Streisand in concert and we were like the only straight people in the audience. (laughs) And I can see... Slay. (laughs) And I can see how my dad ended up in this situation. He had a really hard childhood growing up. 
There was no room for him to be gay or queer or whatever he was. So I can understand that he lived with a lot of pain. And I can imagine how one lie could have led to another and another and just snowballed. But that doesn't justify putting people through what he did. We are from a tight-knit religious community in a small town. My parents were always concerned about presenting ourselves as the perfect family. And my dad, in particular, cared a lot about appearance, money and accolades. But I've realised I don't actually know who my dad was. It's almost like the dad I thought I knew, the dad I'm supposed to be grieving, never existed. Aside from a few close friends, I haven't told anyone about what happened. My mum doesn't want anyone to know about dad's secret life. Do I owe it to the people in my dad's life to tell them they were conned? Do I owe it to my mum to keep this secret? And how can I move past my father's behaviour when he's not here to answer questions or apologise? Oh my God, that is a big, big story. I'm a bit stunned. Yes. I want to know about your emotions after hearing that story. Tell me about the first few emotions that popped into your mind as that was coming, as that story was being read out. Um, Shock. Shock. (laughs) Because this, I feel like this goes beyond a, my dad secretly had like one affair. Yes. It's like multiple affairs. It's different mortgages. It's paying for his partner's mum's boob job. It's a million dollars in debt. There, mm. It's just, it's almost, it feels like quicksand. It's yeah. just like so much to have to deal with and absorb. So Charlotte, that would have been so hard mm. to discover all of the secrets so it's not just one. There are several layers to this. Yeah. It's his sexuality as well, which is like it would have been, as the letter was saying, a lot for his dad to go through mentally having to like decide, I guess, to keep it a secret because of the shame and all of that. I'm also, I feel for the mum that she feels like she needs to tell her family members that we all need to band together, keep it a secret for the sake of this family. A lot is going on here, Louis. But before we dive into it a little bit further, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Okay, Louis, we are back from break. Let's get straight into it. I think the first thing that stood out to me here was the fact that parents are people. And I think it often takes children and then going on into your adulthood a a little bit of time to realise that your parents may be fallible or not as invincible as you think. And maybe they make mistakes like proper humans do, like we now as adults know is true, you know, like we make mistakes in our own lives and Growing up, it is often hard to believe that our parents do that as well. I want to know if there was a time in your life where you maybe realised your parents weren't as invincible as you thought they were. It's such a wild transition period, I feel, for all of us growing up. Yeah. Going into adulthood and realising that your parents are human. Yeah. Because it is true. You grow up thinking your parents are invincible. And so, to be honest, I don't think there was any real one moment, but I just think the nature of our conversations changed. Um, Like, my parents are my best friends. I'm so, so close to them. And so, I think as I grew up into adulthood, we would just confide in each other more. They would hear my problems, but I'd hear theirs too. And I feel like that 
kind of conversation wasn't there in childhood because, you know, you want to protect your children. If you're having a bad day, you don't want to let your children know. So we were just more transparent with each other, Mm. which in turn made them more human in my eyes. Yeah. But I like remember having chats like this with all of my friends at the time, like 18, 19, 20, just being like, yeah, wow, isn't it such a shift to realise that your parents are just human and everyone has flaws. Yes, vulnerabilities. And when they start to voice those vulnerabilities to you, it does shift the dynamic a little bit. And what you said before about feeling like, you know, as a parent, you want to protect your kids. That's exactly right. And then it kind of flips. For me in my life, I felt like over time, I feel more protective over my parents than I used to. As a kid, I was like, oh, like they know best. They'll do, (laughs) you know, they'll protect me. Mm. And then over time, it's like, oh no, they start to voice their vulnerabilities and then you end up feeling protective over them Mm. in turn. With this secret, we know that Charlotte's father didn't voice those vulnerabilities. There was a lot that he was keeping under the surface. And for me, when I was listening to this letter, the story kind of split in two where I feel like on the one hand, there was the dad keeping his sexuality a secret. And then on the other hand, there was these money issues, I guess, the money stuff he was hiding from his family. Let's touch on the sexuality thing first, because that was something that stood out to me. And I also was like, well, I don't know what it's like keeping that to myself. I wouldn't know what it's like keeping my sexuality actively a secret because I'm afraid of the shame. If you're comfortable, I would like to hear your perspective on this because to me it felt understandable that the dad did keep this a secret, especially growing up in the community that he was surrounded by and he maybe didn't feel safe bringing it up with his loved ones. Was that an understandable secret to keep, do you think? Look, it's such it's such a tricky one. And I think for me it's important to like contextualise the time period in which he grew up in. Mm. I mean, even – you know, I came out, I think, like five or six years ago. But I think in no way would that compare to Charlotte's father growing up in an ultra-conservative environment in an earlier time. Mm. So I feel like that adds extra layers of pressure. I mean, I definitely t- grew up telling myself that I would marry and have this, like, nuclear family, this mm. white picket fence moment. Yeah. But then something switched in me where I was like, I don't know, I just felt like I have this secret – but I could never marry a woman and have children and then the secret be a burden on them as well. I was mm. like, I would rather be like single and alone mm. than to like bring anyone else into the problem. Right. But once again, like I'm not the moral compass on like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on this topic. And we're seeing it more and more often now with fathers who were in heterosexual relationships and having children coming out later in life because they felt like coming out wasn't an option yeah. 10, 20, 30 years ago. So it's just a tricky one. I mean, I feel for him. I mean, two minds. Like, I feel for him, obviously. Mm. What an isolating experience to go through, feeling like you couldn't share your real self with your loved ones. Mm. But by the same token, it's a lot of secrets to leave on a partner. And also, you know, at the end of the day, he did cheat on his partner. Yeah. And left additional secrets as well. Yes. So I'm in two minds because I do really feel for him. But at the same time, that's a lot of secrets to leave on on your loved ones, right? Right. I feel the same. I also <sighs> somehow thought that I don't know if he came to realise that he was gay over time and he already had a family, it maybe would have been more pressure to be like, well, I've got to keep this unit together. Regardless, I do think any emotion Charlotte is feeling right now is absolutely valid and justified because like on the one hand, I feel so much sympathy for him and I'm like, I imagine feeling isolated. But then on the other hand, you do have a family who expect honesty and trust. And then 
looped into that, there are those money secrets that he kept. Secrets around money just get me. And I don't know if that aspect of this secret is forgivable. But yeah, there's that added layer of Charlotte's father being dead and it, it is complicated. It's hard to like place blame in areas where you don't know where to place blame here. Yeah. I mean, the the financial aspect really struck a nerve for me as well because I have more empathy for his hidden sexuality, even though I don't think that what he did was necessarily correct. I do have more empathetic feelings towards that aspect. But in terms of lying to your wife, your your partner about debt, especially as astronomical as literally a million dollars. Yeah. One million dollars. I can't get my head around that figure. One it's million. Huge. Not yeah. even like, my love, we're 10 grand in debt. Okay, slay. But a million dollars to keep that from your partner, I can't rationalise a scenario in which that's justifiable. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then I think at the end of the day, it is up to Charlotte's mum to decide whether they be open with this secret and find solace in support outside the family versus protect the dad's reputation and keep it a secret within the family. And the mum here is voiced that, oh, I'd rather keep it under wraps. And I guess it is her call. Justine, what do you think about this? Yeah, I guess. So when I was speaking with Charlotte, something she said to me was, I don't feel many people would have had this experience. I don't know how relatable this is. And that really struck me because, so my mum passed away when I was 19. It was really sudden. She was diagnosed and then died 10 days later. So it was a really, really short period of time. And after she passed away, I kind of put certain things together based on like the limited evidence I have, certain conversations, certain medical reports, which seemed to suggest that maybe she knew she was sick for quite a while and didn't tell anybody. And that was quite hard to reconcile because my mum and I had always had this relationship where we told each other everything. She was like, you know, we don't keep secrets in this family, like literally would say that. And yeah. so it's quite wild to have her pass away and be like, maybe you kept the biggest secret of all from me. And it's not something I can confront you about. It's not something I can ever get a definite answer about or a definite explanation. I'm just kind of left with what looks to be the case and having to deal with it without being able to have that conversation with you. And that kind of goes, I think, to a big question that, that Charlotte posed at the end, which is like, how does this change my relationship with my dad? When is, are you even the dad I grew up with? I can't talk to you about any of this. And something that a psychologist told me when I took all this to them, because I was like, I don't know how to unpack this. And so I took all this to them. And one of the things they said to me was like, it's very easy whenever anyone dies and we learn more things about them, because naturally we always will learn more as we get older about the people that we've lost. We can't let the trauma or the badness or the fact they died or the darkness about how they died overtake the good that you had with them. Like yeah. that's still real. And so yeah. I still think that that's the case here. What do, you, what do you think? Well, yeah, to that final question that Charlotte posed, all I could think was a similar thing that you just said, Justine, in that like don't discount the lovely, happy, good times you guys had in the moments and the, the relationship that you had. I mean, secret keeping is so – it's like a given, right? We all keep secrets to an extent. Mm. And, and though this is like the extreme example and there was a lot hidden from the family by this father, I do think that – I'm trying to cut him some slack. And also it might hurt you more, Charlotte, in enveloping your relationship and your story with your father, with all of this stuff that you found out. It might make it harder for you in the grieving process. So I do think to an extent there is 
a level here where she might benefit from letting some of it go. I have a question for both of you. Also, thank you so much for sharing your yes. story, oh, by the way. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I have a question for both of you, which is, have you ever found out anything about a loved one? They can, it can be someone who's alive that's made you question them or made you question your relationship or, or how you perceived them. Like, are these experiences, like, even more universal than for someone who's just lost their parent? I was thinking about that this entire episode have I discovered some kind of secret about a loved one and I'm gonna be honest with you I haven't but I feel like maybe that's abnormal (laughs) yeah I I'm trying to think as well there's a saying in Chinese culture that is like keep it under the surface it's like just just lie (laughs) that protects your a reputation b other people's feelings like all of that when you were talking about your experience Justine and I don't want to like bring in like a trivial movie reference after you just so kindly shared that but movie references are great I encourage (laughs) I've also spoken to you before Justine about this movie it's a movie called The Farewell and it's about this American Chinese second generation woman she's young and she finds out that her grandma is diagnosed with cancer her grandma lives in China and the whole family decides to keep it a secret from the grandma so the grandma doesn't know she's sick pretty much and the main character finds it really hard grappling with this whole like cultural idea of lying to protect the person who's arguably the most in pain so I think there are like too many examples in my own life of finding out things that were kept from me to protect me and maybe that's why I feel like I don't want to hold too much against this father because I don't think I ever, when I found out those secrets, held it against anybody. I was like, I understand some of the time secret keeping does serve a purpose to protect, but this is extreme. I do want to put that out there. I think that Charlotte's secret, like what her dad hid from the fam, mm. I think is like so big that it could create cracks in the family. I just think those cracks to me, because her father is no longer here. I don't know if it is beneficial necessarily in like opening up those cracks and really like going for him when he's not around. Yeah. It really brings up the age old question of should you talk about someone who isn't there to defend Mm, themselves? Yeah. Mm. And I kind of think that's the crux of the story. I feel like the situation or like Charlotte's ability to share her own truth, her own journey with her father Mm. may be different if he was still alive. Mm. It's a tricky scenario when we obviously know that he's not around to even just explain himself Mm. or provide maybe more context behind his reasoning. And it's clearly something that he worked so hard to hide. Exactly. So do you have a right to undo that even though it's impacted you? Now that I'm thinking about this again, I think I've changed my mind slightly. I think think I'm just honing in on the fact that he kept his sexuality secret and I feel a lot of sadness for him I guess for that I think I've just completely discarded the fact that he did hide this whole other family I was just like oh my god he did that (laughs) I think that's fucked and that is potentially unforgivable and the million dollar debt Mm. I keep forgetting about the million dollar debt I oh it's hard because I in no way do I ever want to say hi Charlotte I have no idea about like I've never been through your lived experience but also don't share your truth (laughs) yeah 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 Because I do, I always feel that at the end of the day, any human deserves to share their truth if it means that it's going to rid themselves of shame that's Mm. shrouded their Mm. existence due to the secrecy. Once again, can you really share intimate details about your father's hidden sexuality if he's not here to defend himself? Maybe not, especially if... Because Charlotte's mother's opinion really does matter. Mm. And especially if Charlotte's mother is okay with keeping it under wraps. Mm. It'd be interesting to know if there was any aspect 
of all of the secrets that she was most impacted by, be it the the debt, be it the hidden sexuality. Because maybe if she was most angered by the million dollar debt, for example, mm. maybe she does have a right to air her grievances. Mm. Tell a friend. Yeah. T- tell a friend. Because that obviously in itself, sexuality aside, is a really horrific situation to find yourself mm. in, yeah. to lose your father and also find out that you were in so much debt. Can she share some part of her truth and maybe conceal other sides of her truth? Mm. I absolutely agree with you. I also think that this death is so fresh. A few months ago, this letter says, I think maybe also give your mother some time. Yeah, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. When when did this happen again? A I couple of a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. So this is so fresh, you're right. Yeah, so so even maybe just like in this pocket of time, lean on your family, lean on the people around you. Mm. I guess listen to your mum. She's going through fuckload right now and then over time maybe if right now she doesn't want to taint her husband's reputation and legacy I guess then just do as she says and then over time maybe you can have conversations about it and say hey I actually am really confused and I do just want to talk to people about it and I want to uncover some of this with the other people in my life you can have a dynamic convo like that with her and potentially come to a conclusion that suits both of you Mm. I agree I think given that It is so fresh, a couple of months. And we all grieve in different ways. And obviously two months in the scheme of things is literally nothing. Yeah. And so I think you're going to feel so many heightened emotions at this point in time that maybe a year or two down the line, feelings may change. So I would say maybe given that it is two months and everyone's grieving, of course, just listen to your mother for now. Charlotte's mum has been through a lot. Mm. Yes. A lot. I would say there is no harm in divulging all of this information to a confidant, of course, Mm. a therapist, a best friend, a partner. Mm. I think it's sounding like if Charlotte isn't transparent about this aspect of her life, it might eat her up a little bit. Mm. So I would say, of course, to a confidant, to someone that you really trust, talk, cry, scream, yell, be honest, vocalise how you're feeling. But in terms of Here Charlotte says, do I owe it to people in my dad's life to tell them that they were conned? Maybe not yet. (laughs) I also (laughs) think- I'd say maybe no. Let it settle. Let it settle. But the main people who were conned were the family, right? Mm. And if the family feel like maybe now's not the time to let it all out to the public, Mm. then let's let it settle. Also, though, not telling you what to do. It's your life. You can Literally, do whatever you want. Literally. <laughs> like, yeah. You do whatever you please. But given that it is so, so fresh and so emotions are so high at the moment, I would divulge the information to people I really trust. But maybe just wait a while. I would follow my mother's wishes for the time being. All of those unveiled secrets would have been arguably the hardest on her. Hard on everyone, but... I can't imagine what she's going through. Oh, I just, I could not imagine how it would feel like to A, lose a partner and then B, have it come out that they were cheating and then also that they left me in massive amounts of debt. Yeah, exactly. Wild. Louis, Justine, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you. Look, this was a very deep and heavy topic, but I feel like we covered a lot of great ground and Charlotte if you're out there if you're listening I just hope I hope I hope you're okay I know. I'm really feeling for you I really am love to you Charlotte and to your fam yeah. and to everybody listening as well we love you thank you for listening and our DMs are always open by the way if anyone wants to chat we're here 
If you have a secret you're itching to spill, write us a letter and mail it to our PO box. You'll find all the details about where to send your letters in our show notes. Of course, if the old school mail system isn't your thing, feel free to email your secrets to us at hotline at shamelessmediaco.com. Everything we read will, of course, be kept anonymous. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at Everybody Has a Secret Pod and on TikTok at Everybody Has a Secret. See you next Friday. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.